Welcome back to part two of PubTrot's Pubcast, the special edition. Due to the amount of amazing chat and podcasting that was done, we've split this into two parts. Enjoy part two. But first, here's a little jingle from Niall. Tony from Craft Beer Channel. Wanna be talking to you about beer? In your face, Johnny from the Craft Beer Channel. Don't stand us up or we'll look like dicks. <laughs> Johnny, we'll have to record the whole start of this because I keep referencing him throughout the chat. Welcome back, guys. I'm delighted to be joined by uh, Johnny Garrett of the Craft Beer Channel. Johnny, it is an absolute pleasure to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's no always problem. just nice to speak to humans. <laughs> For the first time in like five months, but still over the computer. It's not the best, is it? No, I've been talking about this quite a lot with my friends because everybody keeps saying, oh, you know, Zoom's amazing. I'm keeping up with all my friends. We're having amazing times. We're running pub quizzes. And with my friends, it's just super awkward. You all talk over each other. You feel like you're center stage and everyone has to listen. You can't have sub conversations. So, yeah, Zoom. Buckle, buckle yourself in, Johnny. There's going to be a lot more of that. <laughs> <laughs> But I also find it's also like lots of it. I find it's really um, without an environment to talk about, people get very quickly bored of what where they are and where you're talking about as well. And you almost need like a hence the amount of quizzes, like you said, I've got quiz quizzes coming out of my ear holes and I got sick of it very quickly. But that's why I was like, oh, let's do a quiz because you need something to talk about. Um, Anything, anything to stop you talking to the other people. (laughs) (laughs) So, Johnny, it's absolutely fantastic to have you on. and just to, I guess, mention, I so I first discovered your uh, channel uh, through the Beer 52 uh, bit you did on tasting beer. Right, so relatively recently. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been watching quite a few of the back catalogue that you've done, and there is so much, I get, like you're saying, I can't believe how long you've been going, and we've only just kind of discovered you. Um, and it was really funny. So me and my girlfriend were doing beer, the Beer 52 Cyberfest and the, we really enjoyed the beer, how to beer taste. Um, thank you so much for that. It was really hey. useful. But when, when Beer 52 come a knock in and say, hey, <laughs> you want to be in front of this many people? You go, hey, yes. <laughs> i tell you, I mean, like that's Beer 52's. Um, I probably had a great time of, of lockdown with the amount of people who just like needed uh, their fix delivered straight to their door. I mean, um, I've, I've, I've you found that more people have been having like, better interaction with craft beer because they've got that kind of disposable income that they can spend on. I mean, I know I'm definitely one of them. I don't usually get coffee stout delivered to me. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting one. Like, um, so I, I, I used to work for a beer distributor uh, that also owned Beer Merchants, which is the, the online store. Um, yeah. And and I was speaking to them a couple of weeks ago and they, a couple of months ago now, God, what is that? <laughs> um, and and they were saying they 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 were seeing Christmas levels of sales every single day. Wow! Wow! Just yeah, just absolutely crazy. Um, everybody shopping online, and there was um, I forget who did the study. One of the online beer shops, possibly Honest Brew or something like that, uh, did a study, and they were it's something like eighty percent of beer geeks um, bought online for the first time uh, during lockdown. Um, so they, they got a, a section of beer geeks percent yeah. ever bought online before and did during lockdown and about 50% of them said yeah we do it again so the, <laughs> the market for online beer has sort of exploded as a result of this so it's pro- probably going to continue and there's something great about I was chatting to somebody today about how 
everyone's more focused on beer now because when you're in a pub and you're drinking something fine, but it's not really the focus of what you're doing. You're chatting to your friends. You've got a nice atmosphere. There might be music. There might be a pub quiz. And you're sort of like, you're drinking something. You're not really thinking about it. You're probably drinking the same thing time and time again. Whereas when you're at home, there's no distractions. There's nobody you're talking to unless you're having an awkward Zoom. So everyone's <laughs> thinking about the beer more. Um, not to reply, this one's an awkward Zoom. Um, too late, Johnny. Too late. <laughs> Um, so yeah, everyone's a little bit more focused on what they're drinking. So it's probably bringing in lots of new people as well. I, I, I don't know about you guys, but as a beer expert, as soon as lockdown happened and you couldn't go to the pub, I got in one day probably 10, 15 messages on Facebook from people I hadn't spoken to for fucking years. And they were like, you're in beer, aren't you? Where do I get beer online? <laughs> no, people, people, people don't know me yet as a beer expert, but give it time, Johnny, give it time. It's, it's and I also think it's infuriating. <laughs> I think it's also a case of, um, yeah, people just like discovering that so we were talking earlier about how beer shops as opposed to pubs have, have done all right in this kind of time. So I've been receiving fresh beer and beer delivered to the to the door, you know, on Saturdays when it's sunny by a beer shop down the road who've been driving around in trucks, kind of pour, trying to get rid of all their beer so it doesn't go off and things, which is amazing. Um and so, yeah, it's just definitely been people asking kind of like, what breweries do you know that are nearby us um, that we can get some beer from? Um, so, I mean, Johnny, so I, think, I guess for the people who don't know um, who are listening, tell us a bit about the uh, YouTube channel that you have, how it came about um, and how long you've been going for. Yeah, so the Craft Beer Channel was founded in 2013 um there were three of us originally uh brad who's who's i was about to say still with us but that makes it sound like the other guy died uh, <laughs> <laughs> the other guy um basically when it started to snowball and started to get a little bit bigger um he decided that with family commitments it probably wasn't a good idea to turn his career entirely focused on alcohol um <laughs> but yeah we <laughs> i, I thought it would have been a coping mechanism but there we go um so yeah, we, we all met at Jamie Oliver's. So we all worked for Jamie um, for a good oh, wow. couple of years. Um, I was actually, I was his deputy editor of his website. Um, really? Jamie, who left was the editor of the website. And Brad um, is a graphic designer who worked in his creative team. Um, and we used to go for lunch most Fridays uh, to the Old Fountain in uh, Old Street. Beautiful. Oh, that was right. Oh, we know it well. Oh my God, the Old Fountain. <laughs> we know it well. Um, it's yeah, one of the best pubs in London. Uh, a real, I've written an article on it for uh, Pellicle, uh, which is a great uh, food, food and beer magazine, um, online magazine, just about the fact that the whole sort of Silicon Roundabout thing sprung up around it. And this guy who owns the pub was, you know, fending off offers of like four or five million to buy the pub, wow. so and knock it down, turn it into flats. And he's like, no, I like my pub. Um, sadly, he, he passed away like a couple of months before the story got published, but. Um, mm. His son now runs it. Um, how do we go to that? Yes, Old Fountain. So we go for beers on a Friday and we got chatting about beer and, and we're clearly very, very into sort of the, the craft beer revolution that was pretty young, but definitely happening by, by 2013. Um, and around that time, Jamie Oliver founded his uh, Food Tube, which is his YouTube channel. Um, Google gave him a bunch of money and just said, please, please make it a destination for food. Um, so he did that and off the back of that I started watching beer reviews and stuff um, and Brad branded FoodTube, me and Jim were writing all the, the promo stuff around it on the website and we sort of thought couldn't somebody do FoodTube but for beer so 
you know, Jamie's quite famous for um, doing a bit more travel, bringing a bit more lifestyle to cooking, yeah. making it super accessible for people that never really cooked before. Um, and so, yeah, we thought we'd do that for beer. So we started not reviewing in our bedrooms, in our kitchens, but getting out there, going to the breweries, explaining stuff. Like one of our first videos was how beer is made. And we had a tour around Camden Town Brewery at the time. Um, do not look that video up because it's awkward as hell. Like, <laughs> I'd never know. Well, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You <laughs> uh, for everyone who's interested, check out our blog. We will post a link. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Should have just left it alone. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd never done any... Uh, presenting work before whatsoever um, so I am not a great host uh, Mark Dredd who gave us the tour he was an amazing host um, and now he does like Sunday brunch and stuff he's, he's great at it but it just but kind of Johnny, but Johnny it's, it, it looks slick as hell now you guys look like downright professionals and, the, and the, the, I don't know if anyone hasn't seen Johnny's show before or sorry Johnny Brad's show um, it, it, the, the quality the, the editing the camera it all looks so fantastic I thought it was definitely like a real kind of TV quality kind of setup but it, is it just you guys yeah I mean people people make this mistake all the time um, so you know it, it sort of snowballed and, and it's now become probably 50-60% of my day job um, but throughout the whole time we've, we've only done maybe three or four videos where it hasn't been either me or Brad behind the camera um, and then in terms of like how it's edited and put together, that's all me. So Brad presents and films, I present and film and edit and do the voiceovers, pick the music, edit it all together. Um, and that's just been learned over the, the seven years that we've been doing it now. Um, we, we, we don't use complicated stuff. We just use Final Cut Pro. Um, and just, you know, if you make sure it looks as beautiful as possible, luckily both Brad and I were, uh, well, Brad has been a professional photographer for a while, so he knew yeah. how it needed to look. And I learned quite a lot from him and from doing courses myself. Um, and yeah, we just sort of built up this style of being um, kind of gonzo, but also, you know, making sure there's lots of lovely shots, pull focuses and slow-mos and stuff like that that just sort of elevate it from what most of what's on YouTube. Weirdly, what we do, which is generally 10 to 20 minute documentaries, that's not what YouTube's designed for. So we're, you know, without blowing my own trumpet, like significantly better than pretty much all the beer content on YouTube, but we don't actually get that many more views than anyone else. Um, and we can only post once a month, like uh, once a week. Whereas, I mean, Simon Real L Guide, who was one of the guys I was watching in 2013, I got deep love for him. He posts two videos a day. Is he, just, is he just going to, what, is he in his house just drinking beers and talking about them yeah, twice so he, a day? He's in it? his kitchen um, or in his conservatory um, reviewing beer and he, I think he, he shoots it over two nights a week. Just has seven <laughs> beers each night Yeah. And, and, wow. and then uploads those videos and he doesn't edit them. He, they just sort of go live proper, um, proper like vlogging really. Yeah, um, I was going to say, and that's the difference, isn't it? There is a, there's a, there's a, uh, production space for videos on YouTube that yeah. people like, and then there's the raw kind of like I'm just going to talk to the camera. Bosh, put yeah. that out his there. Is, his is, let's say his is fast food, and yours is a gourmet meal job. They're, they're both delicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, a little burger. We're not going to burger. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so we got to the point where I mean, we we now get about 150,000 views um, a month. Uh, we've got 80,000 subscribers. We've launched a podcast that's already in the top 100 food and drink podcasts in the UK. Um, 
And I'm yeah, sorry, we, Johnny, what's that called? Just for anybody who, who hasn't got their podcast fixed from us. So, <laughs> that's, called, that's called The Bubble. The um, Bubble. So there's two kinds of episode. One episode is every single Friday. It's called Friday 5pm. Brad and I have a beer and chat about um, the, uh, the video that went live that week, any news that happened, some beers we've drunk, and just sort of shoot the shit, which has been a real fucking... Um, highlight of the week for me during lockdown we launched it just before lockdown the idea was it was a short 20 minute podcast you could enjoy on like the commute home um <laughs> or you know when you're just having 20 minutes to yourself on a friday for having a yeah. beer before you have to put the kids to bed cook dinner whatever it is um but then <laughs> lockdown happened and all that went out the window but um it was great for us um and then the other podcast episodes that we do within that uh, it's literally called the bubble and that's where we invite either a beer expert to talk about something other than beer or somebody from outside of the beer bubble to talk about beer. So we've talked to uh, restaurant owners about why they serve good or shit beer. We've talked to uh, Evan who founded the Colonel. We talked to him about cheese because he used to be a cheesemonger. So it's just always just trying to bring a fresh perspective to, to beer because you know, I mean, we, I, I am two, I am one of two white guys who have a podcast about beer and there's over a thousand other white guys with podcasts. And so we Don't just me. try and exactly try and <laughs> give, give a perspective. I'll take a screenshot of this in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'll try. Actually, I'm a, because you guys understand lighting, we don't. I've had a couple of cans and I'm already pink. <laughs> well, you can't judge your look by Zoom. I mean, like, all I have to do is look up that way and I'm bald. And if I look down that way, well, it's even worse. Yeah, that's I mean, awesome. on, on, on a podcast, but you, you know, there's a touch-up button on Zoom. No, yeah, no way. Touch yourself up. Oh, Where is it to? Wait, okay. Let's I've already got reactions here. You go, <laughs> blow mine's here. I think if you go to video settings, yeah, touch up my appearance. It's right there. Oh. This is the bleak moment where we found out you've all already touched up your appearances. <laughs> I think I need to download a newer version of this because I don't uh. think I can do it. God damn. I, don't know what I, need I mean, I just post. pressed it and I don't think it's done anything. It hasn't given me any hair or anything. You look kind of like... <laughs> you look like you've gone the Trump spray guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's this giant fucking bulb I've just got. I don't open <laughs> Sorry, I completely derailed this. Particularly, finally, apologies. No, <laughs> I mean, editor makes a fantastic editor. Um, anyway, it's alright. But no, I just think because in your in your videos, it seems that you've been to some of the most incredible places, and I, I just wanted to know if there was any like, kind of highlights for you in terms of all the places you've been, all the things that you've seen. What country is the best? Basically, I'm asking you to tell me the best country in the world. <laughs> um, no I, I guess. I mean, right, clearly, obviously, America is the best country for beer. Um, you, you've got eight and a half thousand breweries. Um, they've been doing modern craft brewing since, you know, 19, what would be, 79, that Anchor was taken over and sort of revolutionized. Um, and there was some stuff going on before then. So they've just got this, what I would call sort of strength in depth, like endless great breweries. You, you go into a little brewery in a little town, um, and if you have their IPA, it's probably going to be pretty good. Uh, there's obviously probably about 4,000 exceptions to that <laughs> around America, but there's four and a half thousand that are brilliant. Um, and what America's really 
got going for it is is the diversity that it has. So you can get incredible lagers at, at Notch or Beerstadt uh, or Dovetail in Chicago. You can get amazing West Coast IPAs, American, uh, amazing New England IPAs. You can go down to Florida and get the most incredible fruited sours using Florida fruits. Like it's just insane what you can do, particularly if you can travel as much as we do. Like I recognize that's a crazy privilege. Um, but so to be more specific, it would have to be New England, specifically probably Maine, just has the most incredible beer scene. And then if I had to choose one place where I drink for the rest of my life, it, it, it would be Prague. Prague. Nice. Um, so that brings up two questions for me. One, so let's go back to America for a second. So me and I were talking earlier <clears throat> and felt this is a question to ask you that just spontaneously came up. What's the difference between a regular, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Niall, a regular yes, IPA. Yes, no, I've got it right here because it, it was this one I was drinking earlier. A regular, a regular IPA and a New England IPA. Interestingly enough, our video last week was exactly that. It was what is so it? We're revealing the fact we didn't watch it. IPA. Uh, so you can go watch that. You should put that in the show notes, not the fucking tour of Camden. We'll put no, the, the tour of Camden is up there. It'll be. Well, people can see the, 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 the you know the progression yeah, that you've made. Yeah, uh, look yeah. At this it's a good that. origin story. Come on. <laughs> um, so yeah, difference between West Coast and, and New England IPA. So the hazy IPA and what we consider just like American IPA. Oh, um, just to, sorry, sorry, just to clarify. So is a, is when it, you hear when you just see something that says IPA, is that West Coast general? Is that it's a, it, yeah? I mean, generally, you're, yeah, you're you're gonna get a West Coast IPA if you see the word. If it just says IPA as opposed to yeah, okay. So, so that's, yeah, that's the question, IPA I guess. IPA or IPA. We, we, we yeah. should mention that in the opening, like preamble of this podcast, the bit that gets repeated every every time we record, it says we are not beer experts, and I don't think we've ever more clearly demonstrated it than in the past thirty seconds of conversation. No, no, no. <laughs> no I mean, I have I have one course teaching people how to how to taste beer, right? And one guy who failed the course, it's a very easy course, was a brewer. So don't worry, don't feel bad about uh, asking silly questions or not knowing stuff. Like when we found out, I was like. Wait, you brew at that brewery down the road? And he's like, yeah. And, like, and you didn't, you didn't pass the Cicerone beer server exam, which is a multiple choice, fifty question. Never mind. Um, <laughs> so West Coast IPA slash American IPA slash IPA. That is a um, hop forward, bittersweet, um, generally clear, amber to golden beer. It uses really clean yeast. Lots and lots of, of American hops to add pine, resin, citrusy, grapefruity stuff. Um, and it's usually very, very bitter on the finish, which kind of leaves you gasping for another sip. New England IPA uses a completely different yeast, uh, a bastardized British ale yeast. British ale yeast, do you imagine a, a pint of bitter? It's got sweetness to it, right? Maybe some peachy stone fruit or maybe just kind of caramel flavors or something just a little bit sweet. They use that yeast, but they make an IPA with it. And they add all the hops really late in the process, so you get no bitterness and all aroma. So a New England IPA ends up really hazy because the yeast doesn't flocculate, which means like settle out all those proteins that make it hazy. And it leaves a little bit of sugar less, so it leaves a little bit of sweetness, and it adds a kind of peachy, peach yogurt, um, stone fruity kind of thing. And on top of that, you lay a load of citric or 
kind of juicy hops. I, I should have known you would have given such like great like visual, almost like tasty explanation because I watched your um your uh was it Imperial Stout kind of video that you did recently, and you were describing the you were one you were describing the uh, Goose Island one, and I was just like, holy hell, I want to follow that right now. I feel bad about it. we we try not to. <laughs> promote uh, AB InBev products but that beer is is one of the best in the world so we, we give it a we call it a free pass yeah. um, like Pilsner Okel gets a free pass despite being owned by Asahi well it's important to be honest isn't it because like yeah you want to support small and local and uh, and independent breweries but equally you know you can't lie to the people if it's delicious it's delicious and we've got exactly. a lot of people are drinking those beers because they're super accessible um, and they're a little yeah, bit cheaper yeah. than the craft variety so yeah if we can get people onto that stuff, maybe we can get them onto the next stuff. If we just deny their existence, it's not going to help anyone. And that, I guess your your then reference to like Prague being the place if you could live anywhere to drink for the rest of your life is that based on the Pilsner Urquell? Or I mean, I'm assuming there's I know there's more in Prague than that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know mean, from having drunk a fresh Pilsner Urquell in Prague is one of the most tastiest things ever. Yeah, I mean, just the whole um, the whole drinking culture and beer culture in in the Czech Republic is just incredible like you've got Pilsner Okel which is the original pale lager still for me you know top five Pilsners in the world when it when it's from the tank or it's, it's yeah. really really fresh and it's poured correctly um which is it's one of those beers that the real joy of it is is in how it's poured properly um and yeah so it'd be it would be partly because I'd have access to that but also just Prague's beer scene it's got lots of nerdy bars where you can get amazing amazing stuff um but it's also you know there's there's probably a hundred uh incredible bohemian pilsners which is my favorite style of beer um that you can get in all these different bars all over the the, the city and it's a real shame that Prague's become known as this sort of um uh, stag do capital because you know, either these people who go over there aren't drinking the delicious beer that I know is there, or they're going there drinking it and not really thinking about it. And that just, like, I just want to tell everyone how incredible the stuff that they're drinking is. Philistines. Yeah, but, but it's not, it's not like in a snobby way, like going, oh, fucking idiots, they don't know what they're drinking. What it is, is I wish, like, the reason why the Craft Beer Channel kind of snowballed and why I put so much love into it, even though it, we didn't even take a pound's worth of profit until... 20 uh it would have been 2017 we took our first ever pay packet so we did it for free for four years and the reason i was still doing that is because i was having these experiences that some people were never having and that was one thing that i really wanted to sort of go hey guys like do this trust me it'll be amazing but also the people that were doing it and not appreciating what was happening the people that were just drinking you know they just go to the supermarket and they look at what's on the shelves and they go fosters carling heineken Pilsner Raquel, ah, they're all the same. And you're like, no, that last one. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm getting, what I'm taking from that, Johnny, is that in two more years I can get my first pay packet from Pub Trotters. Yeah, guaranteed, mate. Guaranteed. Yeah, <laughs> you follow, you follow my seven-year program. <laughs> we didn't make that sound like a cult at all. We're making a couple of years. Cult webinar. You follow my seven-year program to get to level seven. <laughs> By level five, you should be in here. Um, oh wow, that's amazing. I, well, I have, I've got an, a, a subsequently, no, it's not actually a subsequent question, it's a new question. My question is, you mentioned the Fountain Bar, so you can't give that as your answer, but is there any other bars in, um, I'd be interested to hear if they're in London, because that's where I live, 
or in England anywhere that you would recommend as maybe your favorite bar in the entire in the entire country? So my so my favorite pub in the world is the old is it's not the old fountain. That's my second favorite pub in the world. My <laughs> favorite pub in the world is my local, which is the Southampton Arms in Kentish Town. Oh yeah, um, great pub. Yeah, which uh, I mean, there's many things I love about it. It's the cask range. You have got six real ciders, six real ales, six keg beer beers. All super cared for. It's owned by the guys that now own um, Howling Hops, so you're always guaranteed something tasty from Howling Hops. There, they do pork baps that are to die for. Um, and then on on Mondays, they used to have an amazing quiz master who was clearly. Um, I don't know whether he died or whether he just decided to stop drinking. He was, he was a man on the edge, but he would run the most hilarious pub quizzes. He, he refused to use a microphone and would just shout over 50 people in a pub. Um, like a Brian Blessed kind of style yeah. of... But he also, I think he'd smoked too much, so he, he, he didn't... He had a really raspy voice. Um, yeah. And if he saw you on the phone, he would just point at you and call you the C word. And that would, <laughs> that would put, make you put the phone down. Um, but then like on, on other nights they'll have like amazing they've just got people that just come and they've got a piano that just tinker on the piano sometimes a saxophonist comes along and plays jazz with them it's got a roaring fire and a pub dog um, and it's sort of spitting sawdust and it's cut like so much history on the walls in all the um, all the pictures and if you take the pictures off the wall which I don't know whether they really allow but they showed me once like all the stories are written on the, the back of these these portraits and stuff. It's just the most unique and amazing place. Well, Johnny, I think, I think you've definitely, I mean, I'm going to be there this weekend. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go, go. Um, yeah. And then outside of London, cause I realized that's all super London centric. Um, I think some of my favorite places would have to be um, in, in Bristol. Uh, absolutely love uh, the new left-handed giant taproom. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Is that in the is that in the box park or is that like down no, by the canal? Oh no, it, it's in an old historic building called Finsel's Reach, um, just on the river in the centre of Bristol, um, and they've they've put a brew house in there. It's got four floors, I think, of places you can drink. It's oh, wow. got a terrace along the water. Um, it's the most amazing place to go for a beer. Um, I put it on the Craft Beer Channel Instagram at Craft Beer Channel. Some photos from it. It's just awesome. Um, so yeah, I absolutely love that place. Um, and then Manchester just has so many wonderful places to drink as well. Um, both, both like if you're into really into car scale or into really modern stuff, uh, London, uh, sorry, the, the whole of the UK is just blessed with amazing pubs and bars. What's really unfortunate is that the beer tie means that at least half of them have shocking beer. Um, <laughs> so cho choosing a pub is, is, yeah. is an interesting thing to do. Um, I think we all, I, I know I, I'm thinking of awful, like I say, awful things on tap, but you always hope that you think, I know from my experience in uh, kind of brutal Wales, for example, you, you know, their you know, their keg, their lagers, etc. are going to be shit. You just hope they might have something decent on cast. And it's usually like the go to if you're in a place like, in a, yeah, in the it's of the nowhere. weird, weird effects of the, of the beer tie in the UK that usually they'd allow like one car scale to be from wherever and whomever. Yeah. Um, so it's quite often the the savior. Like if you don't like yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. there's a gift of one cask ale tap. Coming from coming from Ireland, just the whole cask ale kind of thing really freaked me out. Like your know, room temperature beer, you're just kind of like, yeah, not for me, lads. You you keep that <laughs> over there. <laughs> I mean, 
it, yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> thing. There, there was a study done by, um, it must have been Castmark, I think, who, who go around the country accrediting pubs with serving good cask ale. And they did a survey and they found that the whole of the population wanted cask ale served at like eight degrees, not at the 10 to 12 that it was me. <laughs> always being served. And yeah. most of it was served warmer than that anyway, which is not right. Right, and the cliche that we drink room temperature beer, you know, people go like, well, but it's not room temperature, it's 10 to 12 degrees. Actually, if you look at the figures, no, no, it's pretty room temperature. Like, <laughs> you could drink stuff at 14, 16 degrees and it will be perceived as normal, but that's not how it's. Um, so, yeah. That's good to know. I just thought you were a country of perverts, but well done. No, we're just really bad at looking after our own <laughs> fucking heritage. Setting the record straight. Yeah. So, speaking of, so, Johnny, one of the things we like to ask our guests as well is so, given the fact that you are such a beer aficionado now. Um, but we also like to ask, what was the first alcoholic drink you bought? I love this in a question. Pub? Bought? Yeah. Oh, I think, I think the first alcoholic beverage I ever bought would have been a case of Bex. <laughs> or um, I must have been about... 14, 15, and we were going around to my mate's house for uh, a sleepover. Um, <laughs> and we were like, well, we'll get, we'll get some beer. And we, we had a friend at, at school who looked, he looked about 25. <laughs> uh, there's always one. So, yeah, there's always one. So, so I gave him some cash and sent him into the supermarket and he got hold of some. So I paid for it. I didn't actually buy it. Um, and oh, we, we all hated it. Like, my first ever beer I ever drank was Beer Door. And people who are fans of the Craft Beer Channel know that I talk about it on the channel way too much because it's a very <laughs> cheap beer. Um, but it's the little stubby lagers you could get in Tesco, Sainsbury's. Oh, French We're, lager? Yeah, French piss is what we call it in yeah. my, my family They're home. They're so bloody refreshing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I still, like, I tried, I had a barbecue. I went to stay with my parents for uh, a week, a couple of weeks ago, and all my best friends were also back home that weekend. So we were like, we're going to have a barbecue and we're going to drink beer door like we're 15 again. <laughs> <laughs> but they've stopped selling beer door. Have they? Oh. In, uh, in Sainsbury, uh, Tesco. Yeah. Can you not get some kind of like Lidl version as a knockoff of it or like in Aldi? Maybe, maybe, maybe Lidl or Aldi have, have taken the, the stubby market away from <laughs> the other guys. But um, I, I've tracked down the brewery that makes it. They're not far from Calais. So I think my first trip back to the continent after COVID nineteen's over might be to the. Yeah, say, is this going to be the next uh, Craft Channel uh, sort of video? We're going to yep. see. Beer yeah, tomorrow. I mean, yeah, like, Brad is driving me there, and I'm going to drink all the fucking stubbies, and then he's going to drive me home. That's going to be. Do some time. kind of like uh, Brexit special where you try to do that after January first. You <laughs> 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 spend like days in Kent. <laughs> <I>, uh, <laughs> Trying to bring it in the car park that we'll be. Um, yeah, so Beer Door is not very bitter. It's a very middle of the road macro lager. So when we tried Bex, which is still a shocking beer, but it has some, what, what, what a 16 year old would regard as pretty robust bitterness. We were like, oh God, that's awful. Um, so yeah, my, whatever it was, 15 quid I gave to, to get as a case of beer was basically undrunk. Um, it's better than mine. I think mine was a tree lead of white lightning. So, <laughs> I mean, I also drank in those days. I also drank a lot of Smirnoff Ice, um, 
which you know that's coming back because hard seltzers a thing now. So yeah, I mean we haven't. I, I almost we we have a section called beer pub news of the week, and I almost brought in the hard seltzer thing. It's like what is that? Um, but just declined to do that. But is it? It's, a, it's an American thing, right? It, yeah, it's taking America by storm, and like we are talking, like it's it's the growth that hard seltzer has seen is is like an invasion. Like it's selling, it's already outselling Bud Light in many states. That's how big this is. Um, I, used is a, I used to work in a bar in the states, so that is a big, yeah, a big thing to say. A Bud Light, they drink Bud Light by the barrel. It's nuts. Um, and that's what is it? I mean, all it is is it's well, the the really simple way of making it is you just ferment sugar. You get a really clean yeast. You put a load of basically like granulated sugar in with a load of water the yeast eats up all the sugar turns it into flavorless pretty much alcohol you then dump flavorings in and carbonate it that's hard seltzer sounds like fizzy water with vodka and yeah i mean it's 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 (laughs) that's fucking nonsense alcohol's terrible for you it is calorie free (laughs) gluten-free vegan smell Are you advertising it? Are they paying you? <laughs> They're not paying me, but um, <laughs> not yet. I mean, oh, yeah. I, <laughs> give it seven years. <laughs> it's be huge. Uh, if you want to make money, it's hard seltzer. If you want to not sort of chew your feet off and hate your soul, then it's craft beer. Actually, <laughs> choice, apparently, well, I guess it's wine. Spirit. On the side of the angels. You're on the side of the angels. <laughs> So, um, Johnny, an opportunity to, I mean, we've talked obviously a lot about your YouTube channel and things like that. Have you got anything special coming up or that you'd like to promote? Um, Our audience of like four people. (laughs) I'd I'd love to say we've got lots of exciting stuff coming. We've got a lot planned, but um, Brad and I are taking taking this crisis incredibly seriously. So we're, we're trying not to travel. Um, we're, we're doing some little bits. We're going to a couple of breweries, um, but we're trying to be as sensible as we can for now. Um, what, what we have been doing is we just before lockdown started. So at the start of the year, Brad and I always sit down, we do our annual video, which is breweries to watch out for in, in the coming year. Um, which often we get right. Sometimes we get dramatically wrong. Um, Obviously, we didn't see COVID coming, so that's probably changed. He's going to make it big this year. I mean, I have to ask, what were the what were what were the breweries for this year? If you don't mind me just yeah, interrupting that's, that's your flow there. That's a good question. I can't actually remember. While I was talking, I was trying to rack my brains to to remember what it's what it was going to be. I'm going to have to look it up. Give me two seconds, and I'll tell you. You might hear. All right, now what was your upcoming brewery for this year? Um, I always thought Adele was going to be big, but that was like five years ago, and then she did thing tuned us to Skyfall and you know really took off um so <laughs> I know she won the Mercury that year so I kind of came and do it a bit late but um all in all uh, I think she's done a star career um my brewery this year um I don't know I I, I, I it's, it's like we say at the start of this we're not aficionados I just like to lift them and drink them and when I like them I write it down I think Tempest did one called like Reach for the Sun or something like that it was really a kind of zesty orangey thing which I thought was really nice and then um, the, that bar that opened with Rick Astley in London, the McAllabar. Uh, yeah. Jesus Christ, they, um, it's one of their things came in, uh, in the mail with me. It was called Pepper Spray. It had literally a man crying on the front cover. And I was just like, Jesus, do you know what? 
this is going to be like horrible, like peppery, like novelty beer almost. But then, so it sat in my fridge for ages, had a taste of it. It was really nice. It was just like the lightest tint of pepperiness uh, and the rest of it was delicious, super refreshing. And um, so to answer your question, no. <laughs> Calling a beer pepper spray. <laughs> that was weirdly prescient and now slightly inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, right? Pepper spray. Yeah. Um, I've, I've looked it up. Right. So we tipped for this year to have a great year. We tipped double barrel, um, which is down near Reading. We tipped Pastore. Uh, so double barrel make great IPAs, great session beers, sort of mostly clean stuff, but they make some sours as well. Pastore make mostly mixed firm and sour IPAs. Uh, lots of heavily fruited stuff. Their stuff's amazing. Um, then we picked... Um, Breweries of St. Mars of the Desert. Brewery of St. Mars of the Desert. Huh. Or Beers of Mod. Beers of Smod. I don't even know. I don't think they yeah, know. No, so for the <laughs> listeners who didn't see your face there, you did like an impression of Gene Simmons from Kiss when you said that. <laughs> I go, that. <laughs> Is that um, a good one or a bad one? Not a fan? But no, they make, a, they make amazing beer. Oh, okay. That's good. Um, they're, they're actually, they were sort of one of the darlings of, of, of the New England uh beer scene i think i think the brewery's called pretty pretty things i forget now it rings a bell actually yeah they moved over yeah. to, to sheffield you know living the dream um <laughs> and I'm gonna move from uh, maine to sheffield this amazing brewery yeah. making lots of great Monte. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not quite sure what they stepped into but um they make amazing belgian styles and new england ipas and some good lagers uh then we picked fine who are obviously a huge brewery well huge in craft standards but they came out with some really exciting barrel age stuff that we we thought would get a lot of attention and then we picked vault city uh from Ed, well now they're in glasgow but they were in edinburgh who make mixed fermentation sours we we're kind of saying it's going to be a mixed firm year um but oh, during- boy, that, boy, was it mixed. That- <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so yeah that didn't quite pan out that way um but in terms of exciting stuff we've got coming that we planned in january we were going to do our second documentary. So we did a documentary all about New England and we went over there, spent seven days filming, put together an 80 minute documentary all about that scene. Nice. We were going to do one in uh, what is essentially Lagerland. So it was going to be Czech Republic and Bavaria. Um, that obviously got Bavaria beer. Sorry. Um, did you hear that? I, hit, I love Czech, I love Czech Pilsner, but I'm not a fan of uh, Bavarian beer. It's the what, what's wrong with it? It's just too. Mm, this is why you don't have eighty thousand subscribers. Yeah, just, it just, <laughs> t- it just it just tastes like feet, <laughs> in my opinion. What? Okay, so you just insulted an entire province of Germany or state? I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean they make a lot of different styles in uh, Bavaria. Are you talking about the wheat beers? I'm talking. Yeah, yes, and I probably only tasted a certain amount. I'm not. Which? Uh, name is Jim. I, I don't have it to... to I used to live no. in uh, Maastricht in the Netherlands, and so I uh, had a lot of German and Belgian beers in there, and I always remember every time I drank a beer from Bavaria, I was a bit like, not a big fan um, to the poor, drain poor type thing. Right. Um, I mean, generally, like, Bavarian, like the lager brewers, are known for making incredibly clean very balanced crisp lagers um so yeah I'd love you to should feel really bad for not liking them 
<laughs> no, what I mean is, what I mean yeah, is, I'll go, I'll go away. We'll <laughs> see how this podcast just without you. Um, I'm not sure I like close to getting to the end or anything, but I, I watched a, I watched a video of yours recently, Johnny. Um, I, I mean today because I've only watched them today. Um, I watched them back to back when I should have been working. Um, the one you did recently about, uh, and I, th- I thought it was a really nice message you had about like um, the four things to look out for in, in terms of craft beer during lockdown. And, and you had like some really good messages in terms of um, what you can do to support people, be careful of um, the ones that look crafty but aren't really. Um, and and I, I think of worth repeating for, because I'm sure like <laughs> we'll reach so many people with this podcast, but um, just in terms of like repeating that message, I think would be really good if you can remember them, because uh, I can only remember too. Yeah, yeah, I should, I should, should be able to. We didn't shoot that video that long ago and it's, mm. Yeah, it's, it's stuff that we employ when we are choosing the beers that we feature on the channel. Uh, we've also got another video, uh, it'll be next week, next Wednesday, which is how to buy craft beer as well. So how to find the best oh, cool. stuff in bottle shops. Um, that has some similar messaging. There's a bit more about, you know, looking at best before ends, looking at candon dates, looking for independent seals, looking for misuse of the word craft, because craft is the most misused word in the craft beer world. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the four hard truths was about just trying, just trying to accept that craft beer isn't perfect and recognizing its flaws and then being able to work around it. So stuff like, um, <laughs> as soon as you start, you're like, whoa, what were they? Yeah, it's all right, man. We'll edit out that gap. <laughs> we'll make you sound so fluent. Stuff like, <laughs> stuff like uh, you know, um, you know, stuff. Um, be a dick, and you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I mean, that is literally one. I think that was Jesus, wasn't it? Yeah, right. not be a no, dick. One of, his, uh, one of his lessons: don't be a dick. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you were you were you were saying about um, uh, was it about supporting? Why why do you want to remain safe as well? Just kind of like supporting people, um, like the, the the people who are really struggling right now during the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. So it was all about not even supporting independents, but supporting ethical breweries. So there's lots of big corporations that do it right. You know, there's people who, you know, they started slagging off breweries like Thornbridge, going, oh, they're big, they're in supermarkets. Like, that's fine. Like, maybe don't buy it from the supermarket because that's not supporting small independents. But you should still be supporting Thornbridge, who make delicious beer of yeah. people um, and still support, you know, independent bottle shops by you know, selling to them and, and, and championing them. So it was, it was buying ethically. Um, it was not reviewing this, such a big thing on yeah, review sites. Massive. I'm not against review sites. There's lots of beer geeks that are. They think it's really unhelpful. I think it's great. I still use the review sites. You know, if I'm looking up breweries that I've never heard of, I'm like, is there a brewery in my town? Of course I'm going to use reviews. How else are you going to work out whether it's what you're after? So if you do it on Amazon, like why not just do it anywhere else? You, yeah, know? Yeah, you look exactly. and see, is it nice? Then I'm going to drink it. Just recognize that reviews are flawed when you use them. Um, and make sure that you're not feeding into that those biases that these review sites actually have. So, so many people will drink a sour beer and the review will be two stars going, don't like sours. So we yeah. just call yeah. for people to go like, well, don't, if you don't like a style, but you're trying it, which is what these people are doing. They're going, like, oh, I don't really like sours, but I'll give it a go. One star. Don't, <laughs> don't give it a two star review because that's not fair on the brewer. There's thousands of people that are looking at that going, I like sour beer, is this good? And if you're giving this shit two stars, yeah. deeply unhelpful. Is, uh, there, is, there, is there a specific place that people review beers then? I mean, it's, it's, I guess Untapped is currently one of the biggest kind of 
things, I guess, in terms of people looking at different beers. But where where are people reviewing the beers that are looking at these sorts of things? And it's I mean, yeah, it's, it's all untapped and rate beer at this point. I, I don't okay. know many people that use. So it used to be rate beer versus beer advocate. Um, mm. Beer advocate sort of died a slight death. Um, Closed their physical magazine. Yeah, I'm not sure they're producing content, but people are probably still reviewing on there. But yeah, rate, rate beer and Untapped are the two that people are using. Um, they're both hugely flawed in that they have massive American biases. So most of the yeah. people voting are in America, and people um, tend to buy into the hype that American beer is better. Which, even though I say it's the best place, to you literally drink, did that at the start of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> It's definitely like the most diverse place and it's definitely got many of the best breweries in the world. But, you know, in the UK, people get these New England IPAs over from America and review them and give them five stars and go, I wish America, uh, wish UK brewing was this good. I, I, I would, if you put a gun to my head, I would say UK brewing is as good as American brewing at its best. Anybody over here makes stuff like that. I call complete fucking bullshit. Cloudwater, Verdant, uh, Northern Monk, left-handed giant, all these guys make IPA as good as Treehouse, as good as Trillium, as good as Cellar, yeah. all of these guys. Um, data. So it, like, that's a bias there, because people assume that because it's coming from the States, it's going to be better. It's just not. In fact, it's going to be worse, because the flavours that you're going to be picking up are from a beer that's probably a month old, it's been bashed around, it's not been cold-chained. Um, but in America, but it's, it's getting crazy reviews, and over here, we're just a bit more cynical about our mm. own beer, which is a bit weird. Um, so yeah, it's just knowing that reviews are biased and it's not contributing to that system. Um, and it, yeah, it's, it, it's buying ethically. Um, and it's also understanding, you know, craft beer doesn't mean good beer. So yeah, absolutely. We, we, we need to remember that and, and, you know, buy from the guys that are really focusing on quality and, and, and doing it right. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Johnny. I think we're coming to an end. Um, I, I, I realised we interrupted you earlier when you were talking about things that you're looking to do. You could, and you were saying you were doing a Bavarian Czech thing. Is there anything else you'd like to promote before we uh, finish today? Yeah, well, so I mean, we will be doing that documentary eventually, probably not this year. Um, what we are hoping to do, we, we're yet to finalise a day, um, but in August we'll be doing, we do live shows once a month, where usually we, we bring on a brewer, we interview them, uh, we sell a box that's full of their beer and people can taste along. Uh, that happens every month. And August's one will be, uh, we've teamed up with We Are Beer, who host the London, Edinburgh, Birmingham and Bristol craft beer festivals. Um, so we're going to, we've teamed up with them. And we're going to host a lockdown craft beer festival. So you can tune in and we'll try to get the elements of amazing food, amazing beer, amazing music all into one. One life. Do you know, do you, do you have a date for that yet? Well, it was going to be the 8th, so that's next Saturday. But unfortunately, it, it's kind of snowballed, so we've got people that want to sponsor it. We've got people that want to do pre-recorded stuff. Amazing. Oh. Yeah. So we might push it back a week and make sure that we can, we can do all of that. I mean, that will help us put this out. I hate just so much, Johnny. I was, I was honestly like taking notes, being like, I am going to tune into that, but I am in Rye with my girlfriend that weekend. I don't think she'd appreciate me doing that. Eight or fifteen. Uh, I'm away, but I reckon I can get the crowd to get involved. I mean, the joy, is, the, the the joy is of these live shows is that once the live show's over on YouTube, it's there forever. Yeah. So you can literally just sit down with a beer at any point and enjoy 
five hours of wonderful content, or indeed half an hour, however much time you've got. Um, How long does it take you to drink a case of beer? I'm going to go for half an hour. That long. (laughs) (laughs) Well, brilliant. Thank you very much, Johnny. Um, It's been so really nice. Yeah, a real pleasure speaking to you, man. It's been really nice chatting to you. uh, so we're going to end it here and just to say thank you very much Johnny from uh, the Beer Craft Channel Craft Beer um, Channel Craft Beer Channel get it right yeah Channel Craft uh, Beer yeah. the Beer Craft Channel let's end on that thank you very much <laughs> thank you very Johnny. much Johnny bye, bye. Yes, guys.